Hey, good morning, everybody. Super stoked to be with you guys this morning. Hello to those online as well. Good to be with you also. Um, hey, uh, along with talking about the youth, I want to just give a shout out to Cam and to Dan and Jenny for going up there with our kids. That is such a big deal. So, so appreciate that. Um, you know, for, for Dan and Jenny, you, you, they have day jobs. You know, this means taking time away from work taking a week of their life voluntarily to spend with teenagers, even though they no longer have teenagers. That is a mark of godliness. Very impressive. Uh, for, you know, and for Cam, uh, for Cam, this, this is his job, but, you know, he leaves behind a, a wife and a one-year-old at home, too, so it's, it's more difficult to do this than it was in the past, so it's a sacrifice for him as well as for Caitlin and Andrew. So thank you to all you guys, Dan, Jenny, Cameron, family. Thank you so much for, uh, for making this happen with our teens. It's so, so important. Well, hey, um, uh, look, next week we're going to jump back in with our series on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, but today, uh, today we're, we're doing something kind of different. Today is the Viana's last Sunday with us before they start the journey back towards Mozambique. Um, we started their visit here with a, a really great message from Melanie. It was such a blessing. We want to end our time with them with a word from them as well. And they, they asked if we could do this this morning, sort of interview style with the whole family. So uh, that's what we're going to do. But I wanted to, um, I wanted to frame the conversation that we're about to have with a, a word from scripture about how a church cares for its missionaries. So uh, let's pray. And we'll look at that text together. Father God, we are so thankful for who you are. We are so thankful for your love for us, for the way that you care for us. Uh, We thank you for Jesus and the way that your love has been demonstrated for us once for all on the cross. And God, as we, we seek to become more like Christ, we pray that you would be at work in us, moving us towards that end. We pray, God, that our, our hearts and our characters, our thinking, that everything about us more and more would reflect who Jesus is and the transforming work that you're doing in our lives as those who would follow him. And we pray, too, for the outward expression of that, that we might be those people who are committed to mission, that our eyes will not just be on ourselves, but will be on the world around us. God, may this world be a better place because of us being here. We pray that we might be salt and light, Uh, We pray, God, that your love and your truth would go forth because of this body of people. Uh, God, meet us in that. Use us in that. Uh, We need you for it to happen. We give you thanks for it. In Christ's name, amen. All right, so um, I want to read just a couple verses for you from a, a little tiny New Testament letter called 3 John. And it's, it's literally one page long. Uh, there's a good chance that you've like skipped past it. Uh, maybe didn't even see it in there. It's a letter from the Apostle John, from one of the original 12 disciples that was with Jesus for the three years that he was ministering here on earth in the flesh. And, uh, and he was very close to Jesus. This is the same John, by the way, that wrote the Gospel of John and a couple of other New Testament letters and the book of Revelation. And uh, this, is, this is one of, the, um, one of the oldest books in the New Testament. 
So John was very likely in his 80s at this point, and he's sort of a revered elder in the church. And he writes this letter, and the topic of this letter that was distributed among the churches was actually how to care for missionaries. So it's, it's very germane to our conversation with the Vianas this morning, and um, we, we want to, uh, I want to just read you a little bit of it and, and make a couple comments here. But uh, starting in verse 5, it says, Dear friend, you are being faithful to God when you care for the traveling teachers, that is the missionaries, who pass through, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church here of your loving friendship. Please continue providing for such teachers in a manner that pleases God. For they are traveling for the Lord, and they accept nothing from people who are not believers. So we ourselves should support them so that we can be their partners as they teach the truth. Now John here is describing first century missionaries. And not unlike the situation today, the uh, kind of the backdrop of this is all of us, who are called to follow Christ are also called to God's mission in the world, right where you're at. It's a true statement to say that you, if you are a follower of Jesus, that you are a missionary, that you embody, that you carry with you uh, the message of God's grace and truth wherever it is that you are. In your workplace, you are a missionary to that place. In your school, you are a missionary to that place. In your family setting, in your neighborhood, you exist as salt and light. You are the representation of Jesus Christ in whatever place you have been called. But with that too, uh, now as then, uh, we see also that God calls some apart. He calls some out and sets them apart specifically to go and to live out God's mission in another place. In a place that is less reached. They're called to uproot their lives, called to uproot their relationships, called to uproot their financial situation, called to uproot their cultural comforts that they are used to, and to go to another place and to bear witness to Jesus in that place. Now, the the context of this letter. So then, as now, there are times when these missionaries called to foreign places when they would come home. Times when, when they're coming back and, and they're visiting or they're, they're, uh, they're coming back for different work purposes or they're just taking a break, they're taking a vacation. Uh, but for whatever reason, there are times when people are leaving their work in the field and they are back with the church. Maybe the church that sent them or is, as we see in John's letter here, he's talking about those who are strangers. These are, these are missionaries that they don't even know. Unlike you know, our, our beloved Vianas who have been part of this church since the very first day. But John has some instructions here on, on what, that looks, what it looks like for the church to care for them. And um, the idea here is that, that these folks who go out, they're dependent on the churches that send them out, dependent on the kindness and generosity of God's people who believe in the mission. And so John is talking about our role as senders. And I want to point out two important aspects of that role. First, John says that when we provide hospitality to these missionaries, that we are doing this for God. He says here that when we do this, this pleases God. It makes God happy. When we recognize the call that he has put on some to live out the mission of God in, I'll say, a more unusual way than those of us who are doing so at home, 
right? It's, it's in a lot of ways, the same, same. But for them, it's, it's a bigger jump. And it pleases God, it says, when we do this, when we come alongside. He uses the, the term here that we're being faithful to God when we do this. Right? So I, I don't know how you think about this, but when, when we have the Vianas home every couple few years, when they're here and we're able to care for them, uh, there's, there's a sense of joy in knowing that we're caring for them, that we're doing this for them. But what John is telling us here is that we're also doing this for God. It's being faithful to him, and it, it makes God happy. It's, it's something that pleases him. So the best way that I can, I can think about this is uh, for those of you who are parents, maybe you'll identify with this, but there's probably no greater way to bless me or bless Samantha than when somebody does something kind for our kids, right? There's just something as a parent where you're just like, oh, especially if it's something that maybe we can't actually do ourselves, right? Then it's, it's even magnified that much more when somebody comes alongside and they show an interest or somebody comes alongside and, and just imparts some sort of gift to our kids. That's huge. And, and the joy that that brings us. Um, I, I don't think I, I shared this here. Um, stop me if you've heard this one before. But, um, uh, but just a few weeks ago, when Abby graduated from high school, uh, I was invited to speak at her baccalaureate, uh, which was, was super cool. She, she went to a small Christian high school here in the area. And so they, they had a very religious-themed um, uh, baccalaureate. So it was really cool. I got to encourage the kids and staff with, with the word from the Gospels. But, um, but in that, so, you know, the, the graduates are all sitting there and my daughter's sitting there and, and she just, you know, looks beautiful and radiant and the cap and gown and the whole thing. And, and, uh, and I gave a shout out to her in front of the kids and then I turned to the faculty. And, uh, and my intention going there, I, I wanted to just thank them for their investment in Abby in, in the years there, because they've been extraordinary. They were, I mean, they were really, really great and formative in her spiritual journey in, in ways that, that would take me a long time to unpack. So I'm like, this is great. They're all there at once. I get this chance to say thank you to them because what they've done means so much to me and to Samantha. And so, um, so I do. I turn to the faculty and I go to thank them. And I get like two words out and just totally lock up and ugly cry. <laughs> just like, and, and, you know, and I know you're, you're like, okay, you cry like every third week around here. You're kind of used to this, but this, this is people that I'm not used to crying in front of, right? This, the school and faculty and all the families of the kids and all this. But, um, but I mean, I, I couldn't help it. It, it, meant, it just meant so much to me. They made a significant investment in my daughter that changed the course of her life. How do we even start to say thank you for that? And I just cried. And, uh, and it was kind of rad. That was, that was kind of a, a cool moment for the, for the teachers, for the faculty, uh, to be able to receive that, kind of at my expense, but, you know, it was rad for them. <laughs> But, but there's something to this, right? When you do something for somebody's children, it's, it blesses the parent like nothing else. And that's, that's the image that John is using here. John is saying, when you care for, when you extend hospitality to these folks who are called to another mission field, 
you are just blessing the Father's heart. So friends, know that when we, when we do this, and we work hard at this here, when we, when we work to bless our missionaries, we're not just blessing them, we're blessing God. Uh, the second thing that John says here is that our support of our missionaries makes us partners with them and with God. Again, verse 8, it says, so we ourselves should support them so that we can be their partners as they teach the truth. Right? They're doing the teaching. They're the ones who are in the field. They're the ones who have made these particular sacrifices to do this thing. But we're partners with them when we extend hospitality. We're partners when we support them. Right? And as, as John explained here a little earlier in the passage, um, as missionaries, they don't receive money from those that they serve. They receive money from those who send them. Right? So it's a little different than a home church situation where for us as staff, you know, the, our board sends a salary for us based on the giving that happens here in the church. So it's, it is something that happens locally. For the missionaries, it's not that. There's a different level of dependence. It's, it's not appropriate to be supported by those they're serving in this less reached place. And so they depend on God and they depend on us. And John says, this makes you their partners when we enter into this kind of relationship with them. And there's an element of faith here for the missionaries, right? Depending on God, depending on their home church. And there's a responsibility on the part of the church to care for them well. And in church, you care for our missionaries well. You have taken this responsibility to heart, and I'm, I'm so, so thankful for that. This is what we aspire to, right? When we offer hospitality, when the Vianas come home, uh, when, when, you know, there's a certain level of honor that we give to our missionaries, it's very appropriate. Uh, when we support them with prayer, when we support them financially, all this, all this, John is saying, this, is, this makes us partners. They become an extension of our ministry here. And, and likewise, we become a part of the good work that God is doing elsewhere in the world. It's, it's a pretty cool, independent relationship. And, um, and I just want to say thank you also, church, for the way that, that you've done this during this home visit from the Vianas. Um, you, know, staying, you know, staying in people's homes, staying with the Rankins, that's huge to provide that for them. Uh, taking them out for meals. I know a lot of you did that. I know... People just kicked in to cover things like, you know, like gas money when they're home. This isn't part of their normal budget. Um, we were able as a church to, to pay for their boys to go to camp, which was rad. We were so stoked to be able to see Josh and Joey go up to Alpine this last week, as well as just the ongoing work that we do in supporting them in prayer and financially too. So um, blessed by that church and thankful, thankful for that. So. Um, that's sort of the framework. I, I want us to have that in the backdrop as uh, we're hearing from the Vianas this morning, as they tell us a little bit about their home visit, and as, as we, uh, we pray for them and we wrap up their time with us here in the States. So, Vianas, you guys want to come up? Come on. Oh, you have the mic. Yes. Way ahead of me. Thank you. All right. So, let me set this to the side. All right, folks. Well, um, 
now that we have you on the hot seat, we're going to pepper you relentlessly with <laughs> questions here. But, uh, no, not, not really. But um, uh, as a church, we're, we're probably more used to hearing from Alex and Melanie, but I wanted to start with you boys, if that's okay, and, um, and hear a little bit from you. Uh, could we start with summer camp? This was your, your first time doing like a youth summer camp. How was that experience for you? Um, it was really, really, really fun. We got to have a lot of fun hanging out with people and just getting to know everybody at Student Life a lot better. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? Testing. That's that's so fun. Um, it was it was amazing. Just talking with people and experiencing friendships and getting to know people and just it was great. Awesome. Awesome. Really glad you guys you guys got to do that. Any. Um, uh, any highlights like from the activities? I saw in the pictures there was a lot of sharp objects being thrown. I know that's a lot of fun. I saw ropes and high things happening. And highlights in the activities? Um, probably my favorite would be just hanging out with everybody. Nice. Just, just the people. All of that. Just the people. And a paint war. <laughs> oh, and please tell us what's a paint yeah. war? So basically they, they had a bunch of like chalk kind of powdery sort of food coloring stuff that like will totally stain your clothes mm-hmm. and basically we just threw it at each other that's great and we had a lot of fun doing that that's great no that's good in your in jesus name i've no juniper instigated it okay hannah was the one who was throwing stuff at me oh good good i'm i'm glad to hear that both juniper and my daughter were part of causing the trouble there that's outstanding Good. My my favorite was maybe the zip line. Okay. Because it was so fun. And my second favorite would be playing soccer with, with Cameron and, and Eli D and, and Lucas and Brayden and right. a couple of other people from camp. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and I, I know Cameron kind of talked a little bit about the theme, but was there any, um, any maybe one kind of nugget, one spiritual truth that you guys came away with that you were like, okay, I want to – want to hold on to that. Anything in that category? I'd probably say when the speaker was talking about like forgiveness and how like we have to make a choice to forgive people, you know, and just that's our decision in the end. Mm -hmm. And that, and he made it seem a lot simpler than I thought. And I kind of complicated it in my mind. And so (laughs) through seeing that, I kind of like, I got to start forgiving people. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's, that's huge. Do you have one, Joy? Usually when I'm worshiping, I don't really worship when a speaker is talking to me. I usually worship when I'm listening to either worship music or talking with a pastor or a leader. So when they were a lot of during the worship music, it just that yeah. that's really what touches me. Yeah. Just that's having awesome. that time with a lot of people doing worshiping God in that way. That's excellent. Excellent. I love it. Good. Well, um well, let me uh, let me ask you guys too. So, uh, you've you've been here for uh, a couple months now. Um, obviously, most of your time is spent in Mozambique, and those experiences are, are pretty different. Um, what's maybe one difference between being here and one in Mozambique that uh, would maybe be helpful for the rest of us who just live here to hear? Um, for me, probably like. The- 
they value time very differently. You know, like here, they're always like, okay, we got to get this done. We got to go and do this and this and this and this. And we're always kind of rushing ourselves along in life. In Moses, they don't really, they don't really care. Like time kind of, time is kind of just in the background as this thing. Like, okay, maybe we'll get it done in an hour. Like, hey, can you get over to my house, man? Yeah, I'll be there. He's an, he's an hour late and it's just a thing, you know? It's just part of their culture. And it's not even late. It's just... No, it's just yeah. like, like in, even in their minds, they're not late. They're just like, I gave him time to prepare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, right. I was doing you a favor by coming an hour yeah. later than... Yes. That's how I like to think about my lateness, too. Mm-hmm. And, and they even see it as an insult if you come early. Right. And you're like, I am here early. You're like, you didn't give me time to prepare? That's right. You didn't let me get changed or anything? Yep, yep. That's, that's a big difference. Joe, you got one? Um, maybe hospitality-wise okay. um, and just the unity in the country with, I'm going to say this, a soccer ball. Okay. There's a humongous amount of unity when it comes to that. Like, you'll be playing by yourself, kicking into the wall on the street, and six boys from school will meet you. You don't know them, but then you pass it to them. They, they kick it around, and then you just have a game, and then every once in a while, a middle-aged man will walk by, and you pass him the ball, and he'll do some crazy trick that embarrasses one of your friends, and you just clap for him. And that's, just, that's, that's what I love. It's just that unity, because here it's, like, all about yeah. individuality. You know, like you always, you always like having time for yourself. But there, it's always, it's 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 together. Yeah. You know, that's great. That's that's a beautiful part of the culture, and you know, we praise God for cultures that value middle-aged men. That's terrific. Too. <laughs> uh, for for you two in particular, um, uh, for us as a church, as we think of you, as we're praying for you as these third culture kids, right? Born here, growing up there, coming back here on occasion. Um, how can we be praying for you guys in particular? Does anything come to mind? Uh, I'd probably say that the best way to pray for at least just me would just be like being able to continue being in contact with Cameron and you know, just to keep doing you know, the plans and doing all that stuff and like being able to email people and just hang out. Because you know? that's probably one of the hardest things is just you know, keeping those relationships going. Yeah, thank you for that. And the the Cameron part, the plans you're talking about, like the Bible reading yeah, plans he does with the youth. Yeah, the only way I talk to him. Yeah. And I just email him every then. No, that's that's a great way to to stay connected. If you guys are doing the same Bible reading that our youth here are doing, it's great. Yeah, because sometimes <coughs> we get lonely, and because we don't feel like anybody is really our friend. Sometimes I wonder. If, if people are being my friends because they like me and like being around me, or is it because they feel bad for me because I, they think I don't have any, a lot of friends, and I feel really sad because sometimes when we come back, I feel like I can finally fit in, and then we leave again, and then we kind of fit in there, and then we leave again. And I've had so many friends that when I leave, I'll tell them I'll see them again, and I never will. I don't know when it's going to be the last goodbye, you know? It just, it can be painful sometimes yeah thank you for sharing that that's uh that's something we will pray for you and that's a unique unique aspect i think of you as missionary kids so thank you for that thank you uh 
Let's see. Why don't you pass the mic down towards your parents? We'll you go. hear from them uh, a bit as well. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, it's been a whirlwind. I know it's been a very busy trip. Uh, but how has your home assignment been? <laughs> it's it's been very busy, um, and. Uh, this is the first time that we've done it during the summertime because generally the boys, uh, their summer break is during the Christmas season. That's our summer in Mozambique. And so we're always here in the winter. But this time we chose to like, have them miss a whole term of school and, and come in the summer. And, and it really has been really good. It's, it's been really good to be in summer. I mean, to be able to do their first summer camp and all these things. But it's been super busy, brother. I mean, we've we've been here for like 11, 12 weeks, and we visited like nine states, and we've been on planes. We've driven like 6,000 miles to some places. We've been to eight different churches. We still have one more to visit. And, and usually when we visit a church, you're visiting, you know, their global team like on a Saturday and meeting with them. And, and so it's... It's been very busy. And then in between all that, we're trying to meet with friends and family and trying to connect with our supporters. And um, so it's been super busy, but at the same time, it's been super good, super good to connect with people who love God, who, who see the amazing work he's doing in Mozambique, who, who are partners like you shared in this, in this uh, just crazy <laughs> ministry that God has uh, created in Mozambique, so uh, one of one of my favorite joys uh, of of doing ministry. And you would think, oh, teaching the Mozambican, and I love that, and we'd love that. But one of my favorite things, really, truly, is to just share mm. what the amazing work God is doing, because it's not about us; it's really about God. And to be able to kind of report back, this is what God is doing there. I mean, I get to brag on God. Come on, that's good, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's been very good, it's but awesome. tiring. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been an amazing time uh, back in the states on home assignment. Um, I've gotten to see Lake Superior, and I I will tell you it's a superior lake indeed. <laughs> um, the boys got to drive for the first time in the middle of the lake in a boat, but it was driving. Yep. Um, and we've met some amazing people. We've made new friends. We have had great time um, just hanging out and being with people here. And um, you guys have been amazing and generous and kind and loving. And we're so grateful for each and every one of you. But it's been a... And I got ordained. I was going to wear mm-hmm. my, like, stole. <laughs> right. And I forgot. Uh. Come on. My first failure as a pastor. Oh. It won't be the last. Yeah. Oh, man. We could have worn stoles together. It would have been, would have been a moment. Uh, we could have stole the scene. Oh. Oh. If wow. only Greg Miller was here. That was excellent. Excellent. Uh, favorite moments when, uh, when you guys have, have been back? Is there anything in particular you just go, man, I want to hold on to this. This is... This is something that's going to keep encouraging me even as we go home. Okay. I just have to give a shout out to Simon 
Favorite moment has to go to our uh, thank you party for the global team. And if anyone was there, any all y'all who can remember this, Simon led the African dancing. Yes. <laughs> it was a beautiful moment. It was. I mean, there was courage. There was awkwardness. It was beautiful. <laughs> there was not coordination. But, you know, there was so much joy. That, I think, had to be one of the best times. Just being together and um, having a meal, sharing about what God's done. It's just, the stuff God does is, it, sometimes it just freaks me out. More than Simon's dancing. <laughs> and that's hard to do. So, um, yeah, that was just a wonderful, wonderful time of just affirming everything that God has done. And our global team um, did such an amazing job of hosting this celebration of everybody who has supported the ministry in Mozambique, from sponsoring kids to digging wells to supporting us. Um, it was a great time. I agree with that. <laughs> you know, funny is that I was my answer too was the thank you party, but there's just been so many really. Just uh, uh, you know, I I I think our family too. Something that was a bit more unique about this time coming back is that we're not coming home with little boys. We're coming home with teenagers, yeah. and uh, and usually when we would come back. You know, we would sit down with people or a meeting or a pastor or whoever we're sitting down or having a meal with, and they're like, okay, you can watch your iPad over here, and we're going to talk. But it was really fun for me seeing them have a seat at the table and them being able to share. And much like we're doing right now, I mean, hearing them share their perspective is like, wow, we didn't even coach them on that. They said that from their own heart. You know? uh-huh. And I'm like, dang, you guys are so maturing and growing and um, and having them be at the table with us and share their part as a, as a missionary kid, but a missionary no de- no, no less. Um, so that's been really unique. And uh, we've already begun dialoguing, and they've begun sharing how they would like to see our next homecoming kind of look. And uh, so we're, we're excited to, to see how that will look with their input this time instead of just mom and dad dragging them everywhere, yeah. right? Um, so it's really cool. It's really cool to see that them growing and how God is moving in their heart and how, awesome. how they uh, have been able to be more of a part of, of this home assignment than ever before. So. Nice. Nice. Well, let me, um, let me ask this too. So, uh, so God willing, a couple of years, we'll have you guys back here for the next home visit. But in, in the meantime, um, so, Anything kind of upcoming in terms of the ministry in Mozambique that we can be praying for specifically? I got a mountain load. You know, there's so... It's a funny thing going between here and Africa. And God answered so many prayers in that one of the things I prayed for years is that he would knit our hearts together with our Mozambican partners and so that we would just love these people. And, man, God's done a good job. 
because we do. We love, love these people. We love what we do. And, um, and so right now, John and Maria are off in John's hometown of uh, Marameu, where he grew up in a little thatch hut. And they're having this huge conference. They're bringing all these churches together. And this is a part of what we do is we bring churches together, we train their leaders, we train their pastors, we listen to the problems and the issues that they're dealing with, and we try to strengthen them so that these churches are strong and thriving. And pray for us as we do this. Pray for us as we train uh, men and women to lead well, to follow well, not to just... um, not to just throw knowledge at them, but to see the Holy Spirit at work transforming lives. That's, that's our greatest desire, is that as they hear the word of God, that their lives are changed and their communities, their families are changed. Um, so for me, that, that's my greatest, greatest prayer request, is that you would be praying for that. Yeah, um, we, we travel a lot, so pray for us as we travel from region to region to region um, and do these conferences, do intensive kind of trainings where we have smaller groups where we'll spend a week to two weeks just with a small group of pastors or leaders and their wives. Um, uh, pray for safety for us. I mean, uh, that, is <laughs> that is something that I think that we kind of overlook sometimes is not just travel safety, which is kind of crazy to travel in Africa, but, but really for spiritual safety. Um, some of the places that we're entering are, are very spiritually dark, and, and they're not happy to see us, and they're not happy about what we're sharing. And uh, one of my favorite stories to share on that is that when we first planted the Melanie Center 1, the very first Melanie Center, there was a witch doctor that, uh, that approached uh, John and and as things started kind of rolling and they started doing all these prayer meetings and and really quieting this neighborhood this community that was just full of evil spirits um, through prayer this prayer doctor or this witch doctor I'm sorry uh, came up to John and and kind of stood in his face which it's this is not a confrontive culture we don't confront and he just kind of got in his face and said I don't like you and uh, and John's like, what have I done? He's like, I don't like what you're doing. I don't like what you're saying. I don't like how you're, tra- you know, transforming this community. And he basically said, you know, watch out, watch out for yourself. And uh, and so John just kind of looked and said, you know, um, I'm going to keep doing what God calls me to do, and you do what you got to do. I'm going to do what I got to do. <laughs> he spoke with an Italian accent yeah. saying that. <laughs> And uh, and they kind of just parted ways. And then the next morning, John comes in like normal with Maria. They come to the community, and there's been there's kind of this buzz of, of of chatter going on in the community. And they're like, "Did you hear?" And they're like, "Hear what?" You didn't hear? No. The witch doctor who lives right behind the Melanie Center, he died last night. And. Uh, that's the reality that we kind of live in. It's, it's crazy sometimes. 
And uh, we have lots of people um, who pray for us, for our spiritual and uh, just physical safety. Uh, for us, for John, for all our leadership team and our pastors, it's, it's a real spiritual battle. I mean, I can't describe it in any other more appropriate way. Um, so pray for us as we travel, as we share God's good news, as we um, teach his word, as we love on the people, as we care for them. That, that we would just be protected and that we would be just real wonderful, uh, loving ambassadors for Christ in everything that we do. Um, it's good. It's good. That's, the battle is real. Thank I have you. one more. Well, I have ten more, but I'm only going to give one more. So kind of tag-teaming on that, um, the area where we are building the third Melanie Center is a really it's famous uh, zone known for their witchcraft and um, we've been told we've been warned that um, this is going to be a very difficult task and I don't want to I don't want to take those warnings for granted I want to be serious about it because this is this is one of the major centers for witchcraft in all of Mozambique and so we have put a center right in the middle of it We've put a church right in the middle. And um, pray for us as we continue to work in building this center. We have the church built. We have the well. We need to continue to build the rest of the center. We need housing. We need guest housing. We need um, uh, kitchens and, and dining areas and things like that so that we can begin to really care for the community. You know, all those pictures of kids that you see out in the lobby area of the church, those those are the people we care for. Those are the people we're looking out for. And um, in this community, we're not trying to start an orphanage. What we're trying to do is something different, and we're trying to go in and create a place where kids can stay with family. They can stay with extended family but they get the help that they need. They get help with food. They get help with school supplies and, and uniforms and things like that. We're going to help build a two-room schoolhouse to be able to educate the kids that live there. So pray for that as we continue to move forward because I this is, this is a really great light in a dark place, and I am really excited to see what God is going to do with that. Uh, Melanie, as long as, as you got the mic, let me ask you uh, one more question. I've got one more question for uh, for the both of you. But um, I had asked previous if if there is uh, any verse that's been on your heart lately that you'd like to encourage all of us with, and uh, and you're the one who leapt up and said, "Yes, I have one." So would you share that with us? I do have one. If you could bring that up, it's Mark. Ooh, there's me. It's Mark twelve. And, uh, and it's talking about the teachers of the religious law trying to get uh, trick Jesus. And, and it says one of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all of the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. 
Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. And it's... um, I, if I could live this out, I would be the most godly woman. And I think it's, it's a simple commandment. Love God. And yet it is the most difficult because to love God... Um, Often it means I have to let go of myself. Well, I definitely have to stop looking at myself. If I love God, then I want to do the things that please God. If I love God, I do things that honor him. If I love God, then I'm always pointing to him and not to me. If I love God, I obey him. If I love God, I delight. I delight in serving him. And if I love God, then I'm going to love the people around me. And what does it look like? It looks like treating people with honor and respect and the dignity that they were created with. It means being able to look people in the eye and just be able to say, you know what, I, I love you because God created you, because you bear his image, I love you. And therefore, I'm going to put you before me. And that is a hard thing to do. It's hard for me to put other people before me. It's hard to say, you know what, your need is more important than mine, so I'm going to sacrifice what I have for you. But if I can live this way, What, what an amazing way to show off who God is. Nice. Thank you. Thank you, Mel, for that encouragement. Uh, last question for you guys. So um, uh, many of us here, uh, actually I dare say most of us here, we support the ministry through supporting a child. Uh, and and you know, when we do that, it covers a, a multitude of the expenses of the ministry here. But... Um, I know not everyone realizes that that actually doesn't include your support, your financial support. Do you guys have a need for financial support this time as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, thank you, Tim, for asking that question, because oftentimes when we're here, we're really uh, promoting the amazing work God is doing, and we pretty much always leave ourselves behind and saying, oh, and by the way, we also need support. <laughs> but... But yeah, you know, that's just a constant uh, part of our lives is, you know, uh, folks give when they can and some uh, stop giving when they can't and new ones come and others uh, stop. And, and so there's just constant flow of just trusting the Lord and trusting them, him to provide just uh, more new uh, sponsors, uh, supporters of, of our family, which, 
which is separate. You know, when you give to support a child, that goes to support the Melanie Centers and, and the work that we do through those centers in the communities um, to support our family. That goes through the denomination, which is our kind of our sending, sending agent, that agency, the, the Evangelical Covenant Church in Chicago. Um, so right now we're probably running about six, $700 short per month of, of what we need to have on a monthly basis. And uh, so... So we decided not to feed Joey. <laughs> That's how we make up for our shortfalls. <laughs> uh, but you know, we're, we're trusting we're trusting the Lord and 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 friends. I I love what you said, Tim, in just your opening kind of words about you know partnering with the missionary, which really is partnering with God and what He's doing through the missionary and, and what he's doing through the pastor when we're doing missional on a missions on a local kind of basis versus a global. Uh, but it's just saying, you know, I agree and I love what God is doing and I love what he's doing through you and we want to support you so that you can continue to do what God is doing uh, overseas with you. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you. Um, if you would like to support us as a family, uh, I think there's cards on that table in the... Uh, at the entrance, you know, just grab and flip and around. You'll find our email uh, address. Just shoot us an email, and then we'll 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 show you how to easily click a link, and that will go to the ECC and make your tax deductible donation. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, um, for me, I feel like we have been so incredibly loved and incredibly supported by Life Covenant Church um, in ways that kind of go beyond what we ever, ever, ever expected. Um, You guys are such a generous, loving, caring community. And we've been to a lot of churches, and I'm not saying that they're not, (laughs) but you guys know us probably the best of of all of them. And and, uh, wow, I I cannot... uh, Thank you is not an appropriate enough word you know, I wish I had a really fancy Portuguese word that I could use, mm-hmm. but I don't. But God has taken such good care of us through you and your kindness and your generosity and your prayers. Um, so just on behalf of my boys and Melanie and I, um, we're just, we just want to say just a very true, heartfelt thank you. Thank you, thank you. You've taken not only... Here, while we've been here these last couple months and just providing for us and giving anonymously, and I just get these random checks from global teams say, hey, by the way, this was given to you. And then we're like, oh, praise God, this really helps us out. Um, Supplying all sorts of things for us. But just over the years, I mean, Tim, we've been doing this for 17 years now, and, and you've been sending teams, and we've been doing this now for almost eight years now, a full time over there. And um, it's just amazing, and it could not be done unless we did what Third John says, and we say, you know, we're going to partner with God. We believe we're going to love the people of Mozambique, and we're going to partner with him and, and do this together. And so, so thank you. Thank you very, very much. Amen. Well, and, uh, and we want to say to the four of you, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing on behalf of the kingdom, and thank you for being partners with us in it. So thank you, Vianas.
Well, uh, we're going to receive communion as a family together in a minute, but I, I want us to pray for these guys first, so can we have you guys stand? And uh, We want to pray for you. If anyone would like to come and put hands on them as we do, uh, we can do that as well. But squish in this way, would you guys? Come over here. Thank you. All right, and friends, let's pray. 